What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. A pregnant woman, tortured for days on end, then murdered. Is it connected to online dating? And I hate to say that because, for instance, my nephew, you know him, Jackie, met a beautiful, wonderful, brilliant woman online. They're married. They have a son. They're perfectly happy together. They just built a house. They're just you know, thrilled to be together. So it does work. Then there is the dark side of online dating. A pregnant woman tortured for days, then murdered. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. I'm talking about a beautiful young woman, Brooke Slocum, dead. Joining me, an all-star panel, Heather Walker, investigative reporter with Wood TV in Grand Rapids, Dr. Bethany Marshall, renowned California psychoanalyst. You can find her at drbethanymarshall.com. Out of South Carolina, Dr. Michelle Dupree, Homicide Investigation Field Guide is her book. She's a medical examiner. And Stephen Lampley, detective at stephenlampley.com. First to you, Heather Walker. This is what I find, and I'm just writing about this in a book. I just turned in the manuscript, Don't Be a Victim. And I'm writing about online dating. You know, Heather, people kind of have a stigma, and they shouldn't, when they online date. Uh, Try to meet people. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. But, Heather, I want to know about this beautiful woman, Brooke Slocum, because somehow she's getting dragged through the mud. She's a dead pregnant lady, and I I don't like that. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a case. I mean, I've after... All of this unfolded. We did speak with her family, and we read her diary. They shared some passages from there. She just seemed like this innocent young girl who was in love, and she happened to be pregnant, and she was just trying to do the best she could. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Heather Walker, you're like music to my ears because I would go visit victims' families or crime scenes. 
I, I would, if I had found a diary or a journal, I would have just said, okay, we're going to pick this up tomorrow and just sit right down on the floor and read that because I want to know everything there is about my victim that I can find out. You read Brooke Slocum's diary. What did you find out? It was heartbreaking. She was clearly very much in love with Charles Oppenier, this 25-year-old. She was 18 at the time. He was 25. They met about a year before all this unfolded at uh, I Own Your Free Fair. It's a very popular fair here in West Michigan. Everyone knows about it. Uh, She was a junior going into her senior year at Saranac High School, and that's when they started dating and fell in love and became pregnant. Dating, fell in love, got pregnant. Now, you heard Heather Walker joining us, investigative reporter with Wood, W-O-O-D-TV in Grand Rapids. And typically, to Dr. Bethany Marshall, California psychoanalyst extraordinaire, Dr. Bethany, when you hear boyfriend, husband, lover, ex, you immediately think, well, they did it. But the boyfriend, Charles Oppenier, did not do it. He is not responsible for Brooks' murder. So let me ask you this. Why do we always assume it's the boyfriend, husband, ex? Nancy, we always look first to the boyfriend or to the most intimate partner because I'm sure everyone on the panel will agree with this. It is in the context of our most intimate relationships that we sometimes have the most hostile or negative of feelings. I mean, in my field, we know that hate and love lie side by side. They, they coexist in our attachment system. So the feelings that lead to homicide, resentment, fear, anguish, um, envy, hatred are all derived from intimate attachment systems. And that's why we cast a very narrow net and then we go wider and wider whenever there's a homicide, especially of a young woman. You know, she's just so vulnerable. Dr. Bethany and Dr. Michelle Dupree, you two on our panel today knew me when I was pregnant. And you would very frequently be on with me at HLN. And, you know, I was so ill uh, there at the end. I was in a wheelchair. Uh, Of course, the viewers didn't know that. And I was coughing so badly. I'd have a series of hand signals to my line producer, Liz, and my executive producer, Dean, to tell them we got to go to break or play sound or, or just something. I had a hand signals like, you know, a baseball coach because I was so sick and I couldn't speak out because my mic was hot. And I'm just thinking about this young girl at just 18, pregnant, sadistically, sadistically murdered. To Stephen Lampley, former detective, you can find him at stephenlampley.com. Why do we always think it's the boyfriend or, or husband? Well, Angie, that's the place we start. Uh the, the boyfriend or husband or, or wife or girlfriend is not always uh, obviously the person who committed the crime, but that's where we start. And like she was saying a while ago, we start with the inner circle. We start with those that are closest because those are the, those are the most feelings. And then when we eliminate, because part of the process is not necessarily finding the suspect, it's eliminating. So as we eliminate suspects, we we broaden our our scope outward. That's the way most homicide or kidnap investigations work. Heather Walker is with me here today, investigative reporter from WOOD-TV in Grand Rapids. Tell me about the area where they're from. I want to get an idea because, you know, very often when you hear, for instance, um, New York, Chicago, Detroit, Atlanta, San Francisco, L.A., you think big city, lots of crime. Wow. You ask for it. That, that's absolutely not true. I've lived in many of those cities, and people are not asking 
to be crime victims. What can you tell me, Heather, about this location where she was abducted? Yeah, that's absolutely not the case here. This is West Michigan. It's very conservative. It's very Christian. It's very safe. This is a place where people come. They move here to raise their families. And, you know, these type of things don't happen every day. And they don't even happen in big cities, let alone right here in West Michigan. Now, it's Wyoming, Michigan, correct? Is that the area? That's where the first crime scene is. In Wyoming, Michigan, it's a small town. It's a suburb of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Where is that? It's a suburb of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Grand Rapids is the second largest city in the state of Michigan, Detroit being the first, Grand Rapids being the second. We're on right by Lake Michigan. We're about 45 minutes away, and it's just a small suburb of Grand Rapids where there's affordable housing, and like I said, it's safe. A good place to raise your kids. So this young girl looking for love online had a boyfriend who I think was on and off, Charles Oppenier. Can I tell you how I know he's not the one who sadistically tortured and murdered Brooks Locum? Because his severed head was found. He also a victim. But I want you to take a listen to what Brooks' dad told my friend, Dr. Drew. Is it true your daughter did have a history of meeting people online? Uh, yes, she did. She has got uh, numerous letters to her unborn children that state that she has met men online looking for love, mm. but all she really found was that it made her feel cheap, dirty, and used. And love is not manipulation. Love is unconditional. And she realized that, and she didn't want to do it anymore, but she also wants to stay with the man that's the father of her child, and she would do whatever it took to do that, even if it meant sacrificing herself in this sort of manner. Brooks Slocum was likely held there for days. Pictures show what police found after they finally got into Ostrike's home, a very dirty home with clutter that had weapons like guns, knives, swords, and ammunition sprinkled in every room, closet, and shelf. They found restraints and other items in his basement like a dog kennel, women's clothing, half-eaten food, and ropes hanging from the ceiling showing Brooks Locum was likely held there for days. Surveillance video from cameras that Ostrike installed in his own home shows him on July 7th putting up ropes and cleaning out that same room. In video showing him the night before this all went down. Those who knew Ostrike described him as a tormented man they feared could eventually snap. You are hearing from our friend Cassandra Arsenault at Fox 17 News. Snap? I don't think he snapped. To prepare a dungeon, a torture chamber like that, that takes some doing. Um, I want to go to Dr. Bethany Marshall. Dr. Bethany, to prepare a torture chamber, a sadistic torture chamber, that's got to take months to do. Nancy, not only did this take months, this perpetrator has been a sadist his whole life. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the kind of guy who tortured animals as a child, as we know so often happens with these severe sociopaths and psychopaths, this guy had a severe sexual perversion. He enjoyed inflicting cruelty and pain for his sexual pleasure. And Nancy, did you see the picture of that torture chamber? He had like uh, chains bolted into the wall. He had a dog Okay, hold on just a moment. Guys, if you want to follow along with what we're talking about, you can go to CrimeOnline.com where these pictures are featured. Go ahead, Dr. Bethany. Well, I think it's important for the viewers to know that there are five perversions, voyeurism, frauderism, 
sadism, exhibitionism, and pedophilia. And usually when a person has one perversion, they have multiple perversions. And you, if you have a sociopath, psychopath, who has a perversion, you have somebody who's going to want to put together a torture chamber like this because sadly what they like to do, the MO for this kind of a crime, is that they want to inflict cruelty upon a victim for their sexual pleasure. That is the entire MO behind this. And Nancy, when you look at the picture, I mean, it looks like he put her in a dog cage. He put a steel collar around her neck. He chained her arms to the wall. I mean, this was a prolonged attack over the course of many, many days and all motivated by sex. That's what it was, motivated by sex. You know, Dr. Bethany, I'm certainly not a shrink, uh, but I don't think any act of violence is motivated by sex, okay? Um, I think that it's motivated by evil or desire for power or rage, and I think all that manifests through sex, but you know, you say tomato, I say tomato. Bottom line, Brooks Locum is dead, and Charles Oppenier, as well, her young boyfriend, Heather Walker, investigative reporter, WOOD TV. How does the boyfriend fit into this picture? He, we, he l- let me understand this. So, she, Brooke, goes missing, and she's held in a torture chamber and ultimately murdered. But what about Charles Oppenier? How do, where does he fit into this scenario? Okay, so Charles Oppenier was found, his body was found in Gazan Park. It's a quiet park inside the suburb of Wyoming. And unfortunately, though, that's all that was found, his body. His head was missing. It was covered in a few sticks in this wooded area of the park and nothing else around it. Brooke was nowhere to be found. His car was found in the parking lot, and it was only because a couple reported to police that they saw a man peering into their car with a white mask that the police went there and found his car, and that's where the search began for Charles Oppenier. To Dr. Michelle Dupree, a renowned medical examiner out of South Carolina, author of Homicide Investigation Field Guide. Dr. Michelle, how often in your line of business where you, you perform autopsies for a living, do you see a head actually severed from the victim's body? Well, Nancy, maybe more often than you would suspect. I've probably had five or six um, in my career. Okay, that is more than I thought you would say. Although, you know, in the big scheme of homicides, five or six is not a lot. But when you think about what it takes to actually sever someone's head physically, I mean, it's one thing to see it on a, a scary TV show or on some alleged crime show or a legal show. The reality of severing someone's head or dismembering them is very, very different, Dr. Dupree. It is, and it's very difficult. It actually takes a lot of strength to do that. And a very long time. Now, you know, if you remember um, um, Dexter, okay, Um, that's the only thing that in Mystery Woman on Hallmark got me through my pregnancy. And Dexter would go through, you know, hours and hours and hours. He was a serial killer dismembering, getting rid of, hiding evidence of homicides, right? He'd track down a bad guy and kill them and get rid of the body. Nobody would ever know what happened. Not that typical killers go through all of that, not to get caught because they don't, but it is a very, very long process. Stephen Lampley, detective, at stephenlampley.com, to actually dismember somebody it takes a long time. It's gruesome and messy. Well, it is, Nancy. It's, it's horribly, it's an horrible act uh, to be doing this, but it's not easy. 
you know, Jeffrey Dahmer. It took him hours uh, by his own confession to dismember and then dispose of a body. It's a very difficult process. And I, I don't understand that. You know, Dahmer's a good example, Steve Lampley, to Dr. Bethany. What is, you don't just kill somebody, but you want to sever their head and dismember them. What's that about? Well, we were talking about the torture chamber, right? So we already know that he's a sadist. He likes to inflict pain and cruelty. He gets gratification out of it. We know that he tortured Brooke over the course of five days. So I would imagine that the same evil, torturous aspect of his personality that wanted to torture her also wanted to, I guess, derive some pleasure from decapitating this poor young man that, you know, he was maybe polyperverse, meaning he wasn't just deriving sick, twisted sexual satisfaction from torturing Brooke, but there was some sort of satisfaction that he derived from separating the head from the body. I mean, that took some time. It what did you call that? What, 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 what is that? Polyperverse? Polyperverse almost like polysexual, that his sexual aims were not just towards Brooke, but were towards the male victim as well. That he didn't just want female victims, he wanted male victims. You know what? It's always an experience talking to Dr. Bethany Marshall, you know, and I just got to say, no offense, L.A., but L.A. is just the perfect place (laughs) for you, Dr. Bethany, because I bet you have people lined up outside the door. Like Heather Walker is telling us, this is outside of Grand Rapids, uh, this Wyoming, Michigan, and this is completely unheard of in that area. And to Heather Walker, investigative reporter, WOODTV, so Brady O'Strike meets Brooke Slocum and Charles Oppenier through a Craigslist ad, okay? Craigslist ad. And this takes me back to the online dating issue. It was a dating ad. And that is how he finds Brooke in a park, along with Charles Oppenier. So it's my understanding, Heather Walker, that he decapitates Charles right there in the park and handcuffs Brooke and takes her away. Is that correct? That's right. I mean, honestly, this is like something from the movies, and it is very much real. He decapitated Charles Oppenier, took the head with him, and then also took Brooke Slocum with him. And we're not sure all the details, but at some point, he took Brooke back to his home, down to the basement, which that house has been called the House of Horrors by police, down to the basement to what can be considered a a sex chamber, I don't know what else to call it, where there was chains and whips and cameras recording all of these terrible things. And then at some point, he also hid the head, Charles Oppenheer's head. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit. 
and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen nicotine pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at zin.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Today, for the first time, we're hearing from a close friend of killer Brady Ostrike, who said Ostrike called her in the midst of the crime. Ken Kolker spoke with her today. Ken joins us in studio control. Sue, she says he called her two Sundays ago, apparently the same day he started holding Brooke Slocum cap captive, but acted as if nothing was wrong. He called with the normal, yeah. Hey, Chica, how you doing? It's possible that by then he had already killed Charles Oppenier and was holding Oppenier's pregnant girlfriend, Brooke Slocum, in his Wyoming home. Police say he held her captive for five days before strangling her on Thursday. Thought about it a lot. And his, you know, actions and attitude over the phone were no different than normal. And that's, that's what bothers me. She had met Ostrike seven years ago, sometimes went to medieval renaissance fairs with him, said he owned his own suit of armor. He had taught her 11-year-old daughter how to shoot a gun. But she said he had been, quote-unquote, seriously depressed since breaking up with his fiancée. She wonders if that somehow led to this. He didn't smile as much. He didn't laugh as much. You know, he said a couple of times that, you know, he felt worthless. During that phone call two Sundays ago, apparently in the midst of those crimes, they talked about work and made plans for a visit together. She says she can't explain the killings or why her friend would decapitate Oppenier. You're hearing from our friend Ken Kolker at WOOD-TV8. Speaking to one of Strike's friends who said he was seemingly normal while he had captives. You know, I, I, I don't get it. Dr. Bethany, because everyone seems to be acting like, oh, he was a little sad and he had a breakup. So maybe he kidnapped two people, severed a head and tortured a young girl for a week before murdering her. Well, I, I don't get that connection. He was sad he had a breakup, so he committed double murder, Dr. Bethany. Nancy, I heard the same thing you did uh, in this interview when she says, you know, he taught my 11-year-old daughter how to shoot a gun. Well, I was a little more hung little up by sad. him having his own suit of armor sad. for the Medieval Renaissance Festival. But, I mean, ladies, if you're listening, exactly. you went into a guy that owns his exactly. own suit of armor, run the other way as if you had seen a monster. Please listen to me on this. Had a huge gun collection. Not that there's anything wrong with that. A filthy home covered in surveillance cameras. As a matter of fact, isn't it true, Heather Walker, WOOD-TV, that he actually videoed through the home security system 
all of his torture of Brooke? That's correct. He set up a camera. I mean, this took a lot of planning. We have video that police have released of him preparing this basement for Brooke. So he, he had this all planned. He set up the camera so it would capture all of this. Now, of course, those videos um, will never be released, and, and thank goodness. But, yeah, he was – and, you know, you talk about that friend. There's also – police were told that a one-time girlfriend told him there were pins in his basement of locations where he stored food and supplies in the event of apocalypse. I mean, he had chains, handcuffs. He had written on – taped to one mirror with a poem, Pain Helps Us Learn – pleasure helps us forget he had other uh writings on the walls obey and pleasure my master pleasure i must earn it about a lot of mentions of master and apparently she actually brooks locum had to sign this okay i know that police recovered an alleged slave master contract but the the, the girl was in handcuffs with a choke around her neck and in one of the videos, just before he murders Oppenier and kidnaps Brooke, you see him on the video walking around with a chain and a padlock in his hand, laying out ladies' underwear. Um, apparently, he kept her in yeah, it's all a dog kennel. It's a big dog cage about the size I have for a fat boy to sleep in at night. He's a dachshund, but I've got him the really big one. But it's certainly a, a, a human would have to be in there crouched in a ball. There were suitcases full of bloodstained women's clothing and other undergarments in his home. Um, there were maps dotted with pins from coast to coast and an ex-girlfriend tells police they were markers where he had dumped food in case of an apocalypse okay again when you run into a guy that is planning for the apocalypse run the other way to heather walker W-O-O-D-T-V. Tell me that, about the discovery of Charles Oppenier's head. This was uh, just unbelievable. We didn't think, we didn't know if we were ever going to find the head. A lot of times, killers, they keep some kind of souvenir from their killings. And we thought, we may never know where this is. But more than four years later... A farmer was taking a walk on his land out in the country, more than 17 miles away from where Oppenier's body was found at Kazan Park. And he found a head, and he immediately called police, and they came out there. And, of course, that was everyone's thought was, is this Charles Oppenier's head? Did they finally find his head? And the medical examiner came back, and it was indeed his head. So how long it's been there, um, how it got there, why it was there, why he chose that location is unclear because police say there's no known connection between that piece of land to, and uh, Dr. Uh, Michelle the, Dupree, the killer, Brady medical examiner out of South Carolina, author of Homicide Investigation Field Guide. Dr. Dupree, how do you go about identifying a skeletonized 
skull, and how long does it take a skull to skeletonize? Nancy, those are all very good questions. First of all, um, we can identify the skull um, by using a different type of DNA. Um, there is something called mitochondrial DNA, which will last a lot longer, and um, we are able to get that from a skull without the tissue remains. Secondly, um, it really depends on the weather and the environment that the skull is in. Um, certainly, it could be several months. It could be even longer than that um, for it to completely deteriorate to a skeleton. Take a listen to our friends at WOOD-TVA. I don't want to say Brady was the kind of guy that just wanted to kill people, but at the same time, I think he just kind of wanted to kill people. 23-year-old Brittany Zemitis, who says she regularly hung out with Brady Ostrike, signed her name on a wall in his basement, illuminated by a black light, next to the names of other friends who had visited. And it's not the hellish environment everyone's making it out to be. Oh my gosh, that bugged me so much. I have it's been described as a dungeon where Ostrike held Brooke Slocum captive for five days before strangling her. The way I described his house is like a naughty drawer. Lots of restraints, handcuffs, sex toys, she says. But his whole house was like that. Not to mention, in like one corner of his house, you'd have that. The other corner, you'd have guns. The other corner, you'd have knives. And the other corner, you'd have nerdy stuff. She described him as a good friend who spent time with her, watching movies, playing video games, always bought dinner, even gave her $1,000 on her 22nd birthday. He was probably one of the most generous friends I've had. She said he had grown darker since his fiance broke up with him about a year ago, but told her he was going through therapy to get help. But he was at his darkest when she last saw him, she says, at a bar downtown about a month ago. He said he wished he can go back in time to an era in time where he can just kill people with his bare hands. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. 
A farmer in northern Kent County came across the skull last week while he was out for a walk on his property. Today, Wyoming police confirmed to us that those remains belong to Charles Oppenier. And the skull was found near Six Mile Road and Kennewa Avenue last Sunday. That's more than 17 miles away from Gazan Park in Wyoming, where Oppenier's body was found back in 2014. As for Oppenier, the medical examiner says it looks like he was shot in the head before he was beheaded. This afternoon, his family was notified that their son was found. Well, you know, it's hard to evaluate exactly what they're feeling right now, but I can tell you the hearts and minds of the Wyoming police that uh, put so much time and effort and emotion in this case are just hurting for them. And I'm sure this brings it all right back up to the surface and our heart breaks for them, but we certainly hope that there'll be some peace that comes with it. The deaths of two young people, Brooke Slocum, a young girl pregnant, her boyfriend Charles Oppenier also murdered. It was his skull found 17 miles away from the rest of his body. He had been shot before he was then beheaded. To Dr. Bethany Marshall, Dr. Bethany, do you believe that these are Bradio Strikes only victims? I do not. I think that he was doing this for a long, long time. I mean, even you said there was blood-soaked women's underwear in this torture chamber. And I have to go back to this friend for a second. She is so minimizing his crimes. I mean, did you hear her say that uh, it was just, he's like a normal nerdy guy? You know, S&M equipment in one corner, guns in another, as if this is all no big deal. I heard that. It sounds like she's saying, oh, it was just your regular man cave with a dungeon and torture devices. It's amazing to me how people go through their life with blinders on. That's right. It's like she had no idea that there was anything wrong with this. Plus, Heather Walker, WOOD-TV, there was apparently a previous, let me just say, girlfriend in a very, very loose sense of the word, that was tortured and held prisoner by a strike, and she managed to live. Yes, yeah. I mean, like I said, this is all so bizarre. And the weirdest thing is that we spoke with multiple family members and said, did you see any signs? Were you concerned at all? And everyone replied, no, no, no. Everything's fine. He's a normal guy. He's a little quirky, but we, he would never do this. We never expected this. No signs. So to you, Dr. Bethany, why do you believe these are not his first victims? What leads you to think that? Well, because, we, first of all, I would say he's a psychopath, not a sociopath, because with psychopathy, you have the addition of cruelty. You have all the other traits of the sociopath, but you have cruelty as an overlay. And usually the cruelty starts in um, early adolescence, late childhood. As you know, um, these perpetrators often have a history of torturing and mutilating animals. And I believe that for him, this was a compulsion, and he organized his whole life around the compulsion. You know, the, there's a very ritualistic quality to gathering the, the chains, the dog collar, the dog kennel, everything that he used to entrap women, I would have a hard time believing that his fantasy life alone would satisfy his sadistic sexual desires. I would think that this is the kind of guy who would have had to have acted this out a long time before this, especially since he severed the male victim's head. This is a person who's put enormous energy 
into killing, why would he have not done it before? He just got caught this time. To Heather Walker, WOODTV, are you convinced? Do you believe, disbelieve that these are his only victims? You know, I don't know. And I don't know if we will ever know because, unfortunately, the only person who knows is dead. Um, I hope it's his only victim, but um, I do agree with the doctors that once you see this kind of behavior and all planned out, it's it's hard to believe. To Dr. Bethany, Dr. Bethany, why video? What motive would he have to videotape what he was doing, and what do you think he planned to do with the tape? Well, I think he was doing something called spectatoring, that while he was torturing, mutilating, having his way with her. He was also fantasizing as if a third party was watching him. And he was also anticipating that he would later use those videos for his own sexual gratification. This was not intended to be a one-time, you know, buying torture kill like the BTK killer. This was intended to become a part of his treasure trove of sex toys. You know how porn addicts will have all these, you know, links on their computer, you know, to different favorite porn sites. This would be a part of his own cache of personalized pornography, so to speak, that he thought he would be able to use again and again. I also see it uh, as one of his trophies. You know, serial killers keep trophies. It's a could be underwear. It could be a driver's license. It could be a piece of jewelry. It could be anything from their victim even a tooth, for instance. And this video, I think, would be one of his trophies. And also, question, what do you make of his use of Craigslist as a way to catch his victims? Well, sexual predators prey on vulnerable populations. We know that. That's why prostitutes are often killed by serial killers, hikers who are out in the woods alone, so this is the kind of guy who's going to choose the most vulnerable of victims because he's a coward. He's not going to do it uh, with a friend who knows him and might try to, you know, report him to the police. He's not going to grab somebody off the streets. He's going to choose an eight-month pregnant 18-year-old young girl who needs $50 of cash so she can get medication. That's his ideal victim because he can have the ultimate power over her. And where better get to find somebody like that than on Craigslist? There's anonymity. He controlled the Internet. And often, again, like, like sex addicts or porn addicts may have all their favorite porn videos lined up. And there's kind of a ritualistic quality to categorizing them. There was probably a ritualistic quality to going on Craigslist trolling for victims. I want you to take a listen to what we have learned. This is WOOD-TV's Susan Shaw. This is a story that has been unfolding for nearly a week now. According to police, Charles Opener and Brooke Slocum were last seen Saturday night leaving their apartment in Grand Rapids. On Wednesday, Opener's body was found in a wooded area near Gazan Parkway in Wyoming. And then yesterday, police were considering Slocum as a missing person. Last night, the situation started unraveling as officers requested a warrant to search Brady Ostrike's home. While they were waiting for the warrant, Ostrike got into his car and he left the house. Police tried pulling him over and he briefly stopped before taking off again. 
He ended up crashing on the Burton Street Bridge over US 131 overpass. Police say that after the crash, Ostrike shot and killed himself. When police searched his car, they found Slocum's body in the trunk. Wow, driving around with a dead body in your trunk. I mean, the psychopathy behind that is beyond anything I can understand. Stephen Lampley, do you believe these were his first victims? Yes, no. No, I don't, I don't Nancy. And I, the one thing that concerns me about this is I understand that his profession was a lineman. And my question would be, has he participated in any uh, out-of-town uh, fixes, I guess, for lack of a better word, where linemen go from town to town to work on uh, on different cities where they've had a, a catastrophe or some weather event? Uh, I, I, would be, I would be interested in looking at that. The family now gets comfort, cold comfort though it is, radio strike commits suicide. The story goes on, and I only wonder what, if anything, can we learn? Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. Some moms are into flowers and perfume for Mother's Day. That's just not me. She's an awesome mom. I mean, she's a nurse, so it figures, right? So when he and the kids gave me Blink security cameras last year for Mother's Day, I loved it. Yeah, we're both worriers, and we work odd hours. And with break-ins the next block over, our worst fear was that kids might come home and walk in on someone. Yeah, and that's why we gave her a Blink security camera for Mom's Day. Blink cameras are wireless and motion-activated, so when they detect something moving around, we get an alert on our Blink smartphone app with a video clip of what it spotted. Yeah, and Blink lets us know when our kids get home safe and sound. Best Mom's Day gift ever. Yeah. And now through Mother's Day, May 12th, all indoor Blink cameras and systems are 20% off. Yep, 20% off. Home security just got easier. Get the perfect Mom's Day gift at BlinkProtect.com slash offer. BlinkProtect.com slash offer. That's BlinkProtect.com slash offer. Blink is an Amazon company. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life. Because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. 
Lisa's Sapira Hybrid has been named Wirecutter's best hybrid mattress five years running. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Nancy. Thanks, Lisa Mattress, for being our partner.